Hey everybody, welcome back to the Something to Bless podcast with me, your host, Barbara Ginn at barbaraginn.com. I hope you guys are all doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. I just spent the entire month of January soaking up so much wisdom. I was in a 31 day wisdom challenge, which I did mention on my last episode. If you listen to that, I logged on to Zoom every morning and joined this large community. Uh, The guy who runs it does this every year, but this was my first year and I can't even begin to tell you how good it was and how much I got from it. And I just feel like this first month of the new year was has already been so fruitful and abundant and promising. So I'm just super excited for the year ahead of me. And I hope you guys are too. We have an amazing guest on the show today. I cannot wait for you all to meet my friend Amanda Williams and just hear a little bit of her story. And you better listen to the end because she is going to leave you with some fire and encouragement. She got me kind of excited and worked up uh, with what she was sharing. So you're not going to want to miss that. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Today, this show is brought to you by the Always Faithful Prayer Devotional. This is a journal that will keep you locked in for the entire year. There are 52 devotionals, along with a whole bunch of other good stuff to just give you the fuel that you need to jumpstart your day and your week, scripture, declarations, it's all in there. So you can grab yours on Amazon. I always leave the link for that in the show notes. So grab one for you and a friend. And also, I feel like I've been away because I've been off Instagram for a couple weeks. I decided to take a month long break. And I think I might talk about it on an upcoming episode. Uh, The book that inspired me to take a break and kind of reconsider how I'm going to be using or reevaluate how I'm going to be using social media from now on. So I might do an episode on that. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Amanda Williams is here on the podcast to share some of her testimony and her faith walk. She's a wife, mother of four, all under 10, say less, right? But she's also the host of her podcast called Rivers in the Wasteland. So I just love this girl's heart. She is on fire for God and she is fully committed and determined to creating generational blessings for her family, which is my goal also. And it's so encouraging and inspiring. And I know you're going to just appreciate and be encouraged by some of her stories. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Amanda Williams. Amanda, welcome to the Something to Bless podcast. I'm so excited that you are here with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to get to know you, and I'm just so excited for tonight. I am too. We have to give the listeners a little bit of the background. So you and I met (laughs) recently, I don't know, maybe a few months ago on a Facebook, I think it's a Christian podcasters group. I don't know the exact name, but we met there. We had a phone call shortly after just to connect. And I think we clicked right away. We just had yes. some things in common. And yes. now we're like BFFs, right? We text every <laughs> week. Yeah. We're like, we're totally keeping up. 
Um, and then I got to be a guest on your podcast recently, which was so much fun. Yes. And here you are on mine. I'm so excited. Yes. Um, last, well, maybe this week, my days are all confused, but we just had a really juicy conversation before this episode tonight. And so many things came up that I'm like, oh my gosh, where do we start? But yes, I think where we should start is you mentioned that you had a radical experience with Jesus shortly before college, if yes. I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we should start with that, okay. that experience, and then take us into your college years because everything kind of tied together. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So I grew up going to Catholic school, K through 12. So, you know, I did the whole Catholic school uniform, all of the things. And I always knew about God and we were required to go to mass and do all the things that Catholics do. Um, But I would say I didn't really have a relationship with him. And it wasn't until the summer before my senior year of high school, my older brother had a very radical experience with getting to know the Lord. And so I'll pause. So my older brother, he's someone I really look up to. He's actually going to be on my podcast in about a month. He did his testimony on there. But he is someone that kind I kind of always followed him. So whatever he was into, I, I would just kind of follow and so he, when we, he's a, a year, 18 months older than me. So he graduated one year before me going into high school. And so he got into drinking and partying and smoking weed and all of that. And so as I got a little bit older and into high school, I kind of just followed suit. I just did what I saw. And so because we were only a year apart, we kind of just always were, I don't know, kind of in in the same groups here and there, you know, I had my friends and he had his, but we kind of overlapped a little bit. And so I kind of just did all of that in high school. I feel like I was still a good girl. Like I didn't really like lying or anything like that, but I definitely did my share of shenanigans. And I just, I don't know. I was just, I feel like I want to say a typical teenager, although I don't want that to be what my typical girl girls are like. Right. I was a typical teenager, maybe that doesn't know the Lord. I guess I could say it like that. And then the summer before my senior year, he had his radical experience with God. And then he asked me to church and that's kind of where it began. I started going to church. I didn't really have a clue what was going on because church in a non-denominational way is completely different than a Catholic church. And so it was just very unfamiliar to me, but it was very intriguing because the people that were worshiping just seemed so free. And I love music. I love to sing and I love like dance and all of that. And so I love the very charismatic type of worship. That was a huge draw for me. And so I started going to church and our youth group, we did Sundays and Wednesdays and there was a youth conference that we went to that was like, you know, all the hype nights and guest speakers and bands and all of that. And so I just really connected and I had some really great experiences where I felt like the message was just for me, but I still was kind of one foot in, one foot out. I would say I was intrigued and I was appreciating it, but I wasn't like totally there yet. And then there was a time where 
It was actually 4th of July, the summer before my senior year, and I was a hot mess. I was I had been drinking at my parents' house. They had a party and I was drunk, like so drunk. And I was at my in my my parents were there. Like they it was everybody just kind of did it. Like my family yeah. was there was no Everyone just did it. Like my younger That's so weird to think about. Like because you're in high school, you're 17 or so, yeah. 17, 18. Yeah, 17. Same way for me. So weird to yeah. think about now. Yeah. And I had younger siblings. So my younger siblings were in that environment too. Like it was just the way that it was. But I do remember I was so wasted and I was at my parents' driveway. My brother was somewhere out that night, but I had called him to come back home. And I remember talking to him there and I was just like in my drunken stupor, like, I just want what you have. I don't want to do this anymore. And I was just such a mess. And I just really felt like I I met the Lord there that night. I felt like he met me there. I felt like I could just kind of picture me and Jesus sitting on the driveway, hanging out. I just felt like that night was when it really clicked that I didn't have to be that way anymore. I didn't have to be so hard that life didn't have to be so hard and that I could be free of all of it. And so after that night, I have never been drunk again. I have not, I mean, I think in college I maybe drank a tiny bit, but it was not even good. And I remember being like, why did I have that again? Like that wasn't even good. Yeah. After that night, I just kind of changed everything. And I I used to curse a lot. My friends, like we would just curse all the time, like really bad. And I just stopped. I just kind of, I don't know, like it, it wasn't even the type of thing where I had to start breaking all these habits. I just stopped. I just didn't do them anymore. And I just really kind of did a 180 and went all out for Jesus. Like I was such a Jesus freak. Oh my gosh. I just... I would jump around during service and my hands were up all the time and I was just totally sold out for God. That came quick and easy for you? Yes. After that, I I was just like full blown ahead, like all in, like I'm diving in and I didn't care. Like I didn't care what anybody thought. And it was kind of crazy because I didn't really have any church friends yet. And I had all my other friends from high school. And so they all kind of started to think that I was weird. And they were so confused. And I was trying to communicate with them what I had experienced. Not ever, you know, I wanted to talk to everyone about God. And so I did. And, you know, I don't really feel like in that first season, there was anybody that really connected with what I was saying one of my friends, and she's still my best friend to this day, she did start coming to church with me and she is awesome. And I know that she believes in God. But my other friends, like they just all kind of thought I was weird. I think it was more because I stopped partying. You know, it's one of those things when you kind of you have this common interest, even if it's an unhealthy bond. Right. And once you don't have that anymore, you really find out who the people are that actually like you for you and not for the uh, toxic traits that you share. And that was something that I discovered really quickly as I had this group of friends that just didn't want to be my friends anymore. And they kind of cornered me. It was back in the day when, you know, the like AOL messenger, you know, you've got mail, like all that. Um, We were messaging and one of the guys, he was kind of like the ringleader. He was like, well, we just don't really like this version of you. We like the other Amanda. We like the one that we could party with and hang out with. And 
I was like, well, I don't know. She's gone. Like, that's not who I am anymore. And he's like, well, you're just going to have to choose. Do you want God or do you want all of us? And I was like, God, like, I don't really know what to say. I've already made this decision. Yeah. And I remember getting off the chat and just like sobbing in my bedroom. Like, I just, I'm just the type that once I make up my mind, that's what I'm going to do. I was not very often like fell into peer pressure. I wanted, if I did it, it was because I, I wanted to. And so this was the same. I wanted to follow Jesus. I had made that decision and nothing that these people were going to do was going to change that. But it became incredibly lonely because I just felt like I went from having all of these friends and all of these activities to basically having one friend. And I spent my senior year pretty much at home with my parents (laughs) because there was not really a whole lot going on that I wanted to be a part of. And the Christian people, like the youth group people, I was kind of in the middle. I was too weird and good now for my wild friends, but I was too worldly, I guess you would say, for the church people. And I wasn't doing any of the worldly things anymore, but I definitely didn't look like somebody who grew up in the church. I was still learning, still trying to figure it all out. And so I didn't really feel like I made a lot of church friends quickly. There was leaders that were very nice and kind to me that I felt like I connected with the leaders. And there were some kids that were nice to me, but nobody that really I felt like wanted to be my close friend right away. It wasn't until later on, like after I had been a Christian for a couple of years, that I felt like I started making more connections at church. But I went to college in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's the university is called Lee University, and it's a Church of God university. It's an amazing school. I went there for my major initially was for music, but I switched to Bible and theology. So my degree is actually biblical and theological studies. And so I went there and I was so excited to go to a Christian university because I had just spent the last year of high school kind of swimming upstream. And I was so excited to be surrounded by like-minded people. But honestly, it was really hard because I found a couple of close friends that were the same as me who didn't want to drink or smoke or do any of that. But I was, I was shocked at how many Christians were doing the same things that I was just delivered from. And so that was really very confusing for someone who just discovered the Lord. And I was talking to one of my friends who actually I met in college. I was talking to her, I think last year about this kind of experience. And she was saying how from her perspective of growing up in church her whole life, she said that was, you know, so many of those kids going to that Christian school That was their first time away from home. Like they had never been away from home. They had never even been given a chance to do anything other than what they were allowed to do in their home. So, so it was a weird experience for everyone. I think a lot of people had a lot of freedom that they weren't used to and they went maybe the wrong direction. And so it was hard for me because I was kind of, I was disappointed. I was confused. I was sad for them. And I didn't really know where to fit because I didn't want to position myself in places that I knew I would fall. So a lot of times I just didn't really do a whole lot. 
like I said, I had a couple close friends and we just kind of hung together. We didn't really do a lot of the big group things. We never went to parties or anything like that. But we were just kind of hung together. We have a lot of funny memories, just just like three or four of us. And, and you know, that's right. really and that, all you need. That way, yeah, that is all you need. Was it that way from beginning to end? Yeah. Is that how it kind of ended up? Yeah, it was, you know, honestly like that. I feel like there was a, my husband, actually, we were dating at the time. He was not there my freshman year. So I, I had more girlfriends that I hung out with that freshman year. And then he came out and went to school with me my sophomore through senior year. He was there and then he graduated and moved back home. And then I finished my senior year after he left. So when he was there, it was nice because he's very like-minded and he kind of blended in with my few friends that I had. So we kind of all just hung out together. So that was nice. But yeah, I never really branched out. And that was, it was a weird college experience because I was so newly saved that I just was not comfortable being around people that were doing any of those things. Uh, I mean, it just seems so contradicting and and awkward when you have given your heart to Jesus and you're on this whole new kind of playing field in life. Like you're on a different level. You're just committing yourself, your life to Jesus. And then you expect to be around that, but you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I feel like I just kind of had to position myself to where, like, I would go to prayer nights. Like if there were certain groups around campus that were putting on prayer nights or worship nights, I feel like I was always down for that. I would always just go, oh, those are, you know, I can go do that. But then it was super confusing if those people were the people that were going and, you know, doing stuff. So I don't know. I just felt like I left college bitter and uh, jaded and confused. Because even in the theology department, I was in um, with a lot of people that had grown up in church who had a lot of knowledge of the Bible. So they were kind of in a different playing field as far as like their thought process. I didn't need a whole lot of convincing. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be in that major because I wanted to grow in my knowledge to be able to defend my faith better. But you didn't have to convince me to believe in any way. I was Mm, there. I was sold out. I was already there. I wanted to deepen my faith. But a lot of them were in this place where they were questioning their faith. And they were just going on this journey of questioning everything. So there was a lot of conversation that I just wasn't – I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, this sounds a little bit blasphemous. Like. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was just a kind of weird, like I just kind of, I left college just like, man, I went to college so excited and I came back so deflated and it really took me a couple years, honestly, to kind of get that fire back. That's unfortunate. So I know we talked about when you were in high school and the change was sudden. So I can see it makes sense if people are like, whoa, what's yeah. up with her? You know, I can totally see that at that age, especially. Yeah. But it is challenging being a believer in general, I think, especially when you were one way before and now you're different. You're transformed from the inside yes. out. You know, things happen on the inside. You have deeper convictions about different things and you have mm-hmm. these changes within you that people 
may or may not see right away, but over time, it just becomes who you are. And it's yeah. a, diff- a whole different way that you walk and talk and the environments that you'll put yourself on. And I know that you and your husband have been really intentional because you guys now have a family, you have four kids that you're raising. And you guys, I want to talk about just you both being on the same page making the decision to have certain boundaries in place in your marriage yeah. and raising your kids. That yeah. is so important. Yes. Yeah. So something that was, you know, we talked a little bit about that with my college experience, just making sure I wasn't putting myself into environments where I wasn't going to be able to make good choices. And that's something that really kind of carried into adulthood. And my husband, actually, he has a lot of alcoholism on his side of the family And his dad ended up falling into alcohol and then different kind of substance abuse and left their family. So he has a really, really difficult testimony as far as that goes and how he sees it. And so I think that we both just decided early on that we didn't want any part of it. And we had to just kind of decide that that was how we were going to walk through life. And We even went so far as to making the boundary when we bought our first home that we were going to have a dry household. And that was really important to us. And we kind of found ourselves in, I mean, it wasn't awkward for me, but maybe it was awkward for the other people. But we had a New Year's Eve party once and we invited our friends over and they brought some champagne over, you know, to ring in the new year. People do that. And I'm always prepared with my sparkling Martinelli's apple cider, you know, ready to go. I like the bubbly just like anybody else. (laughs) But they brought some champagne over and I actually was like, hey guys, this is just kind of a thing we have decided for our home. So I would love it if you guys wouldn't mind just putting it in the car. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah. So they put it in their car. And it was fine. We celebrated the new year. We, I think we had originally always planned to celebrate it at like 10 because I'm not all about staying up till midnight. I just, I like to do, I like to do the New York New Year's and we were in Arizona. So that was probably 10 (laughs) o'clock. And so we celebrated the early new year and I do remember them going out afterwards and having their little after party with their alcohol. And that was hard because even though I didn't want to partake in the alcohol and the drinking, but I wanted to hang out with them. But it was kind of like, okay, well, we're going to go and we're going to do this thing now. And so we just knew that. And I had an experience with a group of girlfriends where we would start to get together. The guys would get together and play video games, I think. And we would get together to watch movies. And it kind of turned into like them starting to have wine and us watching movies and them having wine. And I never drank the wine, but I don't really feel like I made it awkward or anything. But I found that they stopped inviting me to do those things. And so I don't know, it just kind of became the type of thing where I didn't realize how far into adulthood it would follow me of having to make these hard decisions and things that have come to be natural now um, because that's just who we are. But even when we moved, like we moved recently from Arizona back to Kansas City, that's where we met. Um, And so we even had a situation to where I was going to host an event and the person that I was hosting for wanted to have alcohol at the event. And so I had had people asking me, you know, are you going to allow it? 
And I just had to say, you know, I totally respect what you want to do, but this is just something that we don't do. And so there was no hard feelings at all, but they did decide to have it somewhere else. And so I think I'm just kind of getting used to that, like that, you know, we just, we have to hold our line. And yeah. I think that that is something that even if people don't agree, I do think that it, I think people respect it, but we have had to just make peace with that. Like that's just who we are. It's what we're going to do. And I just feel like it's, it's hard because there's nowhere in the Bible that says you cannot drink alcohol. It's just not there. But I do think it's super important for you to pay attention to the Holy Spirit and right. to ask what is the Holy Spirit calling you and your family to do? Yeah. And to stay wherever that line is, whatever that line is around you hold to that. And I think that the Holy Spirit, I think God honors that when you honor it. And we have seen that. We have seen him just help us walk in favor and blessing. And I do think that that connects to these boundaries that we've held, the things that we think are important. And I think it also kind of goes back to all of the hard decisions that I had to make as a new believer, standing firm, saying no, not putting myself in positions that I would uh, compromise my newfound faith. And there was a long time at the beginning where I was sad a lot and I just felt like it was me and God. I really felt mm. like that was just it. And I just remember him encouraging me to just stay focused on him. I kind of felt like there was stuff going on all around me. And I kind of just felt like I remember being like my eyes were locked with his and I just kept going. Like I just kept focusing on him and I feel like those hard decisions were seeds that were planted that my family has yielded the blessings over wow. and over and over again. And I do believe that as we continue holding those boundaries, our kids are going to see that and they're going to know that. And I think that that is when we start building the generational blessings that the Bible talks about. Yeah. You know, there's blessings and curses and our generations above us on both sides have alcoholism and addiction and adultery and all kinds of things going on. And my husband and I have just decided early on that everything is cut off there. Like we yeah. are breaking those curses. We're loosing blessings over the generations. And the good thing is, is that the curses go for a couple generations, but the blessings go for thousands of generations. Yes. And so we are just claiming blessings upon blessings over our kids and their kids and that they would know. And I, you know, I, I'm excited one day to be able to share more details to our kids about the, the, how intentional we had to be about all these things and that they are why it was so important, you know, that the stakes were just too mm -hmm. high because right. it's just, you know, sure. Like would it deeply offend me to have somebody over here and walk in with a six pack? No, it really wouldn't. But I just feel like there's that, there's scripture that talks about the enemy, like, what does he it says? It says his he's like lurking around like a lion, like looking for someone oh, to devour right. that scripture. Yep. Yeah. And I just feel like he wants us to slip up. He wants us to. And we don't want to even 
give him any tiny reason. Like if there's a line, we want to be so far from it. There's this, I'm trying to think of it, where I heard it. I was taking a Jewish roots class years ago and they talked about how they create fences around the Torah, like the rules that they have in the Torah, they create fences around it because they don't want you to be walking on the lines. So they create parameters like this gate around where the rules are. So that way you're not just dipping your toe over. You're so far from it that you're not just going to accidentally fall over. And I love that. And I kind of feel like this is that type of thing where if we just say, you know what, it's just not going to be here. It's just not. And, you know, after having that experience in high school, you know, being delivered of all of that worldly activity, I was never really tempted again with alcohol. There was a couple times in college that I had a drink here or there, but it wasn't really tempting. Nothing has, this is going to sound horrible, nothing has tempted me to get back to alcohol as much as being a parent. (laughs) Like you have, you have four. It's I have four. I have four kids. They're eight, four, two, and almost one. <laughs> so I am a tired mama at the end of the day. And there is this, you know, mommy wine culture is a thing. Oh, you know, yeah, like you put time. your you put your kids to bed and you get your glass of wine and you just relax. And so I do have to be careful now because a buzz wouldn't be so bad here and there, you know, like after a really hard day. But I know myself and I know where I was and who I was and I won't ever let myself go back there. So it's easier for me to just say no, period, not going to happen, not even going to enter my doors than for me to allow it at all. I love all of that so much. (laughs) You're just so convicted. Speaking of convicted, you mentioned that this is more a prompting of the Holy Spirit, that mm-hmm. it's not such a big deal for someone to have alcohol in your presence or in your, in your home. That's not the point. It's what is being revealed to you, mm-hmm. what is being put on your heart by the Holy Spirit. And that's the conviction that we have to respond to appropriately. Yes. Like we have to listen to that and we have to be obedient mm-hmm. because that's God speaking to us and directing us and guiding us. And we ask him to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. So when he's putting that on our spirit, we would be fools to ignore it or to disobey what we're hearing him say. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that you mentioned, you think people, although your ways may not be their ways, but they do respect it. I think it's super admirable. It's not easy to have boundaries. It's not easy to be firm with your line the way that you guys are. So I think it's really amazing. And I think you already see the fruit in your life and your kids are going to see the fruit in their lives. And I'm all about, when you mentioned generational blessings, that was one of the many points that you Mm. and I connected on because I'm so determined to change the script for my family and beyond my kids, my nieces and nephews and whoever else is in the family. We have a large family, but definitely starting with my kids, like they already I mean, they're already a lot older than your kids are now. So their life is just completely different than mine ever was. Thank Mm. God. (laughs) But they know God. They know God and they have that foundation. So I'm so grateful for that. Yes. Amen. That blessing taking place. Yeah. So let's talk about your podcast. So (laughs) it's a new podcast, fairly new. Yes. What, a couple months, a few months? Yes. I started in November. It's called Rivers in the Wasteland. And 
I have been having so much fun with it. It's been such a great project for me. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have, like I said, four kids. And it's really easy to just get totally caught up in all things mom world and kid world and not feel like I have anything that's my own. And I... um I started a blog a few years ago and it was really wonderful, but I just kind of let it go when I had my third kid and then having a fourth, there was no way I was going to pick it back up. But I actually had some podcasting equipment that has been sitting in my closet for a couple years. My husband is so sweet. He bought it for me just after I mentioned how it would be cool to have a podcast. And so he goes out and he buys me a mic and a pop filter and a stand, like all this equipment, all this equipment. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was just a thought. Like I didn't have any plans. And he's just like, here you go. Like you have no excuse. And so actually we have moved, I think twice since then. So it's just gone from closet to closet. And I... I was just in this really weird, I had this really weird moment a couple months ago. So we kind of found ourselves at a crossroads in life. Like we started, or I think it was the fall of last year. Yeah, September is when kind of our world was turned upside down. Some things happened that were, I feel like we were blindsided, but it was a really good thing that happened. And Although it was a good thing, it was kind of like a painful process to get to seeing it be good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I was out on my back patio one day and I was watching the kids play and I just had my Bible and I had my phone playing worship music. And I was just like, Lord, like what is going on? What is happening in life? I just don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing. And I was led to verses in Isaiah my son's name is actually Isaiah. And so I love this book. We've always loved this book. And um trying to think of the right translation that I like. There's one that I like more than the others. Okay, so Isaiah 43, it's 18 and 19. And it says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I just started bawling my face off in the backyard because, I mean, we have seen God do amazing things in our lives. Like we just have some crazy testimonies, crazy stories of God's faithfulness. And so it's always crazy to me to read that first part of that verse that says, but forget all that because of all the goodness that we have seen when he's telling us, okay, forget all those good things that I've done. And in this passage, the chunk above it is actually referencing when Moses stood and parted the Red Sea. And so in this passage, he's saying, forget all that. Oh, forget the parting of the Red Sea. Forget that. Forget that. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something completely different. Do you not see it? It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. So what I'm about to do for you is nothing compared to me parting the Red Sea. That's insane. Yeah. It's just insane. So when he says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland, it just it pierced my soul because it made me see that God is 
always wanting, he's always ready to do more for us in our lives. Mm, like he's, yes. he never wants us to continue just like going along, like living on yesterday's testimony. Right. He wants to do something new in our lives all the time. He's telling us no matter what desert we're in, no matter what wilderness we're in, whatever dry wasteland we're in, he's going to create a pathway out and he's going to create a river along the way to help us get back to life as we're walking out. And so while I was just getting my mind blown by this passage, the podcast just popped into my head and I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to do the podcast. I have to, I just have to tell stories about God's faithfulness because in this season where our worlds were being turned upside down, I was just questioning everything. And the only thing that was keeping me sane was remembering what God has already done. And I was like, oh my gosh, my podcast just needs to be stories. It just wow. needs to be testimonies of God's faithfulness over and over and over again. Because in Revelation, it says we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so when we are going through hard times, we need to hear our own testimonies. We need to hear other people's testimonies. And that is how we will overcome and come out of it. And so I knew I wanted to start the podcast, but I was like, I don't even know what to call it. And I have this notebook where I just started writing, you know, kind of when you're brainstorming, you just start writing all kinds of stuff. Yes. And I had a bunch of stuff and it just all sounded horrible. Or the cool things that I thought of, there were already like three podcasts that were that like variations of that same thing. I was like, I am so yes. unoriginal. And so I don't know. I just kind of was like stuck. I was like, God, come on. So then I read the verse again and I was just reading it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a good verse. And I got to the very end and I was like, Rivers in the wasteland. Rivers in the wasteland. That's it. Like that is it. And I looked and there wasn't a podcast called that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like this is what I'm going to call it. And that's how it was born. And I just started writing and I just started talking about it. And it was funny because I started to, <laughs> I had my friend make some cover art for me and I started talking about the podcast on social media without having ever recorded anything. And so my original plan was to record six episodes before I even started talking about it. So I'd create this buzz and then I'd have this bank of episodes. But I totally just started running with it without any plan actually going on. And so people started asking me about the podcast. Like people were interested and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's going to be great having nothing prepared like at all. And it's crazy because after I started talking about it and people were interested, I was plagued with insecurity. There was one day where Gosh. I said out loud, I said out loud to Eric, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. And he just looked at me and he's like, well, that's a problem. But it, the enemy just pounced on me. Once I started talking about what I was going to do, the enemy was like, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to get on there and you're not going to start talking about mm -hmm. God's plans. You're not going to start telling your stories of what he's done for your life in your life. Like who's going to listen to that? And he was just like in my ear, like do, 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 like telling me all these lies. And for, there was a couple days where I was just like, I feel like such an idiot. Now I've talked about it. I can't just slink away. Right. And like, all like now there's accountability there. I mean, not like anyone's going to be like, Hey, what happened to your podcast? But now I just look like a fool. Like if I don't do it. And so I was just, oh, it took a couple of days for me to really shake that feeling because I just, 
I'm like, why would I get so excited about something that wasn't God? Like, I don't really feel like I want to just put myself out there to put myself out there. Like, it's a super Mm -hmm. vulnerable thing to do. I mean, you know it. You do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we did talk about that. It's like, I've had several times where I'm like, what, why, why am I even doing this? Or I think I don't have anything to talk about either. And it's, it's the, it's the attack from the enemy for sure. But I love that the download for you was, it was sudden. And that's how that's how God moves. It's yes. like the answers are always there. And when we just devote ourselves to praying and calling out to him through prayer or whatever, all of a sudden we'll get this download. Yes. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. It's the best feeling ever. I yeah, love that. totally. I love that. Go listen to Rivers in the Wasteland. You have a new episode today. But when yes. this airs, you'll have one or two more at least. So yeah, love your podcast and you're doing amazing so far. So just keep going, girlfriend. Thank you. That is so encouraging. Uh, yeah, it's really, really good. I really love it. It's great quality. High quality Thank podcast because they're not all up there. <laughs> not all created equal. <laughs> right? Well, I have three questions that I end every show with. So if you're game, we will yeah. play this. You Let's might have it. already... Yeah, you might have already answered the first one, but we'll see. So the first one is, what is your favorite go-to verse? Oh, actually, I didn't talk about this, but my favorite verse in the whole Bible is Exodus 14, 14. It's, I will fight for you. You need only to be still. I open my devotional with that scripture. That's the first scripture in my devotional. Yes, I love that one. Just be still. So hard for people to do, right? Yes. So hard, but so important. Such an important thing to learn. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Okay. The second one is, do you have a favorite book that either you tell people about or that you have read yourself and just love it? Yes. There's a book called Rhythms of Renewal. It's by Rebecca Lyons. And it's all about just trying to find different rhythms in your life to help simplify and bring you back to the things that are really important. And it is so great to help you change your perspective about the pace of your life and just getting back to things that are more manageable. Like we kind of fill our lives with things that don't really matter. And this book is just all about trying to find peace and renew our minds and make our life simple enough to where we can actually enjoy it. That's good. Is that faith-based or no? Yes. Mm -hmm. Rhythms of renewal. Got it. Okay. Last one is there's someone who, and this can be somebody you know or don't know personally, somebody who inspires or encourages you just to be your best, be on your game as a mom, as a wife, as a believer, or all of the above. Hmm. That is a good question. I would say I have a friend back in Arizona who is just super authentic. And she and I connected when we first got to Arizona. And it's funny because she is, I think she's the same age as my mom, actually. But like her and I just became besties. Her kids are adult boys now. But we just have such a special friendship. And just the kind of friendship where you're just really, truly rooting for one another. Yeah, And no question is off limits and there's accountability and there's sharpening and there's just, she's, I feel like my biggest cheerleader. And 
I can text her and be like, oh my gosh, I just learned this new, how to do this new thing on the podcast and I'm really excited and it's really going to be great. And she's like, whoa, go you. <laughs> that type Aww, of person. I love that. Even though like, you know, she's in a totally different realm, but she just really has always over the last, the season of living in Arizona was really hard because we didn't really know a lot of people, but her and I just clicked and I feel like she's weathered a lot of different seasons with me and she just means the world to me. Oh, that's so sweet and so special to have somebody that roots yeah. for you, cheers for you, supports you, and that you can call anytime with anything and just encourages you. That's amazing. That's a gift. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you got to be on here and spend this time with us. And I'm just really grateful for our new friendship. So yeah, me too. We will be following up tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. I'll text, I'll text you and be like, Hey, <laughs> podcast stats. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. It's I, so I have funny. To, I have to keep myself busy not to, to <laughs> check and see what the Lord is doing. You know, it's so fun. Uh, it really it's is. So exci- it's too exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. All right, Amanda. Well, we will talk again soon. And again, everybody go check her podcast out rivers in the wasteland. You will love it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks we'll so much for having soon. me. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.